2: luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style hello everyone
1: and welcome to decoding reality a podcast about the latest and greatest in reality tv i'm david chen here with at joy o napping online we'll call her joy on the podcast joy how goes it today
3: um, well, it's, it's been better, but, um, I am on the mend. I have had, a lot of people have these little asymptomatic cases of COVID. Not I, I had a weird one and a long one. And honestly, it's, it's something I think will be with me for a while, but, I'm um, I'm on the mend.
1: Yeah. So, uh people who are long-time listeners to this podcast may uh, have noticed that our release schedule has been a little bit out of whack, as evidenced by the fact that this episode is not coming out until basically the finale is about to be released. Uh, and originally, I was thinking, oh, let's just do all the episodes at once. Let's not even do a separate one. But I don't know when we're going to get to record the finale episode. So uh, it will happen. And I'm confident that uh, we'll be able to get Justin in on that as well. But uh, I thought, hey, let's get this out there, um, and uh, it's because uh, Joy's health has been um, uh, not the greatest because it's, of. It's the almost COVID. like there's
3: this novel virus floating around that infects people very easily, and it uh, treats them all differently. So, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: she had a particularly rough case of it, and has, has basically been out of commission for about three weeks. Uh, and uh, literally, some of the times when she is able to talk and be lucid is when we're recording this podcast. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, you said a lot of people had reached out, right?
3: Yeah, people have been so kind. Um, some of the dozens of listeners to this podcast among them. Um, and thank you for your well wishes. Trust me that I am taking as good care of myself as possible. And you know who's taking great care of this podcast is Justin, um, as well as over... I, I, listen, um, maybe my hours of day out of bed... Has declined, but my hours a day of reality TV consumption has gone through the roof. It's
1: it's, a, it's at a through staggeringly high percentage.
3: It's like all uh, my brain can manage. Yeah. So I'm just like mainlining whole seasons of The Great British Baking Show. I'm all caught up on Golden Bachelor, Love Is Blind. I even tried to comprehend what this uh, Bachelor in Paradise show is. Couldn't couldn't get there. Um, <laughs> COVID ate too much of my brain for me to comprehend that, but. Um, I just want to shout out, even though Justin can't be with us today because of our slightly awkward recording schedule and availability, he and Deja are doing a great job uh, recapping this shockingly wholesome Golden Bachelor show, um, which has, I don't want to say it's restored my faith um, in that franchise, because I'm pretty cynical about the Bachelor franchise, but it's, it's actually, everyone just seems lovely.
0: Mm-hmm. All the
3: mm-hmm. people are lovely. What if all lovely people got together and you know the women supported each other like it's it's actually i don't know i'm a fan
1: that's great yeah and do check out justin and deja's work over on decoding reality on this podcast feed that you're listening to right now uh okay
3: and great to have deja back of course
1: absolutely um and again, we're going to try to get Justin on for the the finale discussion of Love is Blind. Um, so we will discuss the finale of Love is Blind Season 5. Uh, uh, TBD on whether we'll be just chatting about the reunion, uh, maybe. If it's a complete train wreck like it was last time, maybe. Well, you
3: know, we'll that's see. a great—I know you love to start with initial thoughts. One of my initial overall thoughts is, do we need a reunion? Because <laughs> it's like, no one has an NDA on this show— Everyone's suing each other. And Mm -hmm. like all this stuff is coming out about this lot, you know, via the lawsuits about the production company. And um, I just feel like everyone in their Instagram feed is just telling their parallel stories as the episodes are released. So I don't know what there is to reunite about unless it's live again. Which we it's know... De- it's definitely
1: not. It's a technical disaster. They said it's not life. And so. they said, uh, yeah. They made uh, a joke about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh,
3: so it's like, a, there's actually two shows. As we talked about last season, there's the sort of social media version of this show, and then there's the show you watch on Netflix. I don't, I don't know if I need a reunion.
1: It has felt this season as though the participants are much more active during the season as it unfolds. Uh, Uche has uh, stated or revealed that... The agreement they have is that they can be on social media and they can be posting about the show so long as it does not reveal any details about what happens in the future, like beyond the show. But like stuff that's already aired they can comment on, which they have been doing quite a bit of. So um, anyway, before we even get to these two episodes, so we're here to talk about season five, episodes eight and nine. Episode eight, Love is a Battlefield. Episode nine, Love on the Rocks. Episode 10 is going to be airing... Uh, on October 13th, which, as you're, as you're listening to this, is probably already live. And then uh, the reunion is October 15th, which is a Sunday. So they're doing the reunion like two nights after the finale is available for everyone, So uh, which is um, a really fast follow compared to last time. I think it was like a whole week or two, maybe even a few weeks since uh, the finale for the last one. Uh, before we get to the two episodes we're discussing, though, which is to say, again, episode eight and nine, we do want to just mention all the stuff that's been going on. Outside of the confines of the show, um, two big revelations have occurred, uh, and those are specifically that at least two additional couples made it to Mexico. Yes. Uh, There was Renee and Carter. Carter. And then uh, another couple, uh, the female component of that couple is suing the show uh, because she was sexually assaulted ale- and ale- she allegedly, alleges that she, she alleges sexually- like she was sexually assaulted and, uh, you know, that the person she was with assaulted her, uh, and that, uh, what do you call it? Um, she thought that she she was being surveilled 24 hours uh a day because of the nature of the show and like therefore people should have known that something terrible was happening and then she apparently tried to report it to the producer and they didn't take her concern seriously um and they have said this is a social experiment we can't you know love is blind for their part i said this is a social experiment we can't control what happens when uh the cameras are off because we're not following people 24 hours a day so um anyway suffice to say Uh, So that's one component of what's going on, but go ahead.
3: So that Mexico party where it's on the beach and you're like, wait a minute, how come like nothing is happening in this party? (laughs) Last week we figured out, or you know, we figured out Renee and Carter were there, but cut out. Yeah. And now we realize there's actually an additional couple that was probably there and also cut out. And I went back and rewatched the party just to, you know, because this is the one that really blew my mind. How did they make it seem? Like an actual event, and it's it's really artful, I have to say, they must have done forced pairwise like shots. Do you know what I mean? like okay, mm-hmm. you guys go play um cornhole together. you guys go sit at this bench like I don't know how they managed to preserve any footage of that party. I mean, it felt awkward and short, but
1: yeah. Yeah, Um, and as for the Renee Carter stuff, Renee's actually been out there giving interviews and explaining, like, what happened, and apparently Carter is kind of an asshole, allegedly. Uh, He brought a girl back to their apartment during the time period of their courtship, you know, like, after they had, you know, gotten engaged and stuff like that. Uh,
3: Renee has since gotten married to someone else nine months after production. I mean, it's... Because
1: this was filmed years ago, right? Uh, The Love is Blind Season 5 was filmed years ago, and so... um, the thing that's really curious about the Renee Carter situation is I still don't think we know the full story there because that is ripe drama, what I just described. And so there has been way messier stuff aired on Love is Blind than what I just described. You know, right? So so there's got to be some other component of the Renee Carter story that's like not yet come to light. Is I sense.
3: think. So you and Justin talked about this last week a little bit as well. Might My hypothesis is that whatever has come out makes production look bad. Mm. So like if Carter was never going to say yes and was like only on it to become to be on television and then that made it and it's very clear the insincerity mm. with which he treated it then it makes the whole thing seem like a farce which it might be. Um, but I think there's a- I
1: don't buy it I don't buy what you just said Because they could easily Because Lydia and Milton is a farce But like they've, they've edited I'm sure there are many moments That would make it seem like Lydia's completely faking it Just to be on the show But they, they can edit around that So there, it, there has to be something worse Something than worse that. than that It's gotta be Like my guess is Just completely guessing um, It's some problematic element Of, Car- of Carter's history um, he said some racial slurs on tweets. He, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, let's here. not.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm,
1: I- this is all speculation. He said he he is problematic in some way. Is my guess. Um, I don't know, uh, but I, I think we don't know the full story because the, there's. What Renee has said is insufficient to explain why they are just cut from the show. I agree. I think there's
3: something else, but I think for for my money, it's the same vector, but like 50% further. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a whole new category, and you're saying it's maybe a whole different category. I think the thing with the other couple that's been cut is actually worse. Absolutely. That is, we know we are in legal trouble. Yeah. Like... I can't comment, obviously, on... We didn't even see this couple. What, like, someone on Reddit did an incredible job freeze-framing ye- ye- all the group shots at the very beginning. Where, you know, they walk into the lounge and it's 15 yeah. people and 15. We're actually only shown, like, 14 most of the time. But they, like, found the woman, like, walking through, like, blurry
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so, the woman's name is Trandang. And she was in, like, two to three shots in the opening part of the season.
3: But not like she's talking to camera. No, like no, Like no, no, no. she's, she's in the background yeah, yeah. pouring something into a cup or sitting yeah. on a couch.
1: And then originally she was one of the couples that got engaged and they followed to Mexico. And then because of all the unfortunate stuff that happened, they just cut her from the show entirely. Which, uh, you know, I hope that Tran Dang, um, you know, depending on what the courts say, uh, if she is owed it, I hope she gets justice. For sure. Um, But also, I think, uh, from a legal perspective, like a a prudent move for the production to just not have her in the season, because it would have been...
3: But, you know, here's what I want to say. Of course, we don't know about this couple. We didn't see them. We have no whiff that they existed. Other people are barely talking about, you know, any of these other... I think there might have been as many as six or seven engaged couples of whom four they followed to Mexico, and then Uche and Aliyah would be the other Mm -hmm. that they might have wanted to continue trying to follow. Um, But I believe this is the same production company that gave us the ultimatum and the queer ultimatum. Is that right?
1: Uh, I think it's the the same guy, yeah. Chris Colon is the guy who made the show. Yeah,
3: for a fact, I mean, it is out there for all of us to see. You know, in the queer ultimatum reunion... There are two people who, one of whom is accused of domestic violence against the other, and had the call, cops called on them. And from everything that's been said since that reunion was filmed, there was no support in the room, even though they, you know, the, the participants claim that the production team knew that somebody had assaulted somebody else. They didn't say like psychologically, can we have a therapist on hand to make sure you feel safe? And what happens is that. That person who was assaulted and called the cops ends up fleeing the reunion, walking out into the middle of the street and not coming back. You know, it was like really traumatizing to watch. I think this production company. Um, look, I'm sure all reality TV has degrees to which it's exploitative, but like it, it doesn't feel like other shows get sued at this cadence um, or have some of these specific problems. And I it just makes me feel really sick that uh, so many of these things are like basic human decency, it yeah. feels like. They're, it, like comply with the law slash like take people seriously and their needs.
1: Yeah, the company's name is Kinetic Content and they are responsible for the ultimatum. And uh, it does feel as though they continue to cross red lines when it comes to the production of these uh, these, uh, reality shows, things like things that we just take for granted, like don't put someone in a room with their domestic abuser, um, feed people, give them drinks, you know, like give them f- fluids, uh, allow them to sleep, maybe allow them to keep their cell phones, you know, like, uh, these are things that, uh, other companies have been able to navigate without creating so many lawsuits. And, uh, I do think they have clearly learned this season from some of the stuff, like the other lawsuit that was going that's going on, which is about like mistreatment of the contestants. Uh, there's like, as you you may have pointed out, there's like 50 shots of people eating this season, so that people know like, hey, we fed them this time.
3: Oh, it's like close-ups of the yeah. kebabs on the grill and the sliders that Taylor and Stacey are eating on the beach, and it's like even when when this was hilarious to me when Taylor and JP go to break up, and it's like this real there's this massive fruit plate. Um, and orange juice, yeah. and it's like in the shot, and then they close up on it. It's like they had the chance to eat; yeah, no one chose. ate the fruit. It's their
1: fault. <laughs> they chose not to. Uh, so anyway, they, they clearly have been learning. Like it, it feels like they're. It fe- honestly feels like they're learning as they go, right? Like, oh, we can't just deprive people of food and water. Like, they, and now we're going to give it to them, and uh, hopefully, they learn some extremely valuable lessons from Queer uh, Queer Ultimatum and also this season of TV um because i, I so, don't think
3: these are lessons you need to learn on the job to me like i have a there are certainly low, not
1: lessons you should learn on the job you know? I have yeah. a
3: low threshold for this you know I, I just don't i feel very uncomfortable with it um because we are so many decades into reality t v yes this should not be fucking hard to figure out at I agree. This point I agree. and um you know i <laughs> yoli from queer ultimatum um i think it might actually have been in the interview that she did for with decoding reality with justin and deja um talked about how she actually got recruited to be on the show and at another time she talked about how um the recruiter was someone like she was friends with i think the the staff the producers the camera people are like the same age as the contestants mm-hmm. and there's like I think uh she, I think she got a necklace from or gave a necklace to one of the producers like I don't think there's this like bright line of like staff versus like right content and I like this it's very in the it, zoo. It, it's
1: very obvious in that show specifically um, where like uh, you often see the staff on camera in a way that you don't in like love is blind Um so in Queer Ultimatum. In Queer Ultimatum, yeah. Yeah, like I, they, I agree. Yeah. I
3: agree. But I, I think there's something kind of blurry yeah. and sloppy about the whole Absolutely. setup. And so Absolutely. I, yeah. you know. So
1: we can't, uh, we have to acknowledge that as we go into, you know, and it's honestly gave me a lot of pause when we were considering covering this show, because I'm like, do we want to encourage this? But like, uh, ultimately, uh, I, I do think it's worth, ultimately... Not very many people listen to this podcast us talking about this show and uh and we are trying to highlight the problems with the show and so I hope there is some value in that. <laughs> so okay, so. <laughs> so that is the bargain we have made is we'll talk about this morally reprehensible show, but Not many people listen to it.
3: My dad owned a South African emerald mine, but at least people got some good jewelry out of it. That's right.
1: At least there's some electric cars out of it. Anyway, uh, but yes, let us know what you think about, uh, you know, this podcast and and the show's ethical lapses over at uh, DecodingTV at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email. Let us know what you think. Okay. Those are some uh, exogenous factors that we just want to acknowledge before we talk about
3: that is the show though the show is two parallel tracks the show is watching the show and going why doesn't this make any sense and then going to instagram tiktok you name it and then being like oh i see i see
1: indeed you know i'll just say this before we get to the episodes we're supposed to discuss today um people are vicious man like i get a lot of love is blind tiktoks on my for you page and like People are vicious, like going after every single person on the show, but like uh, making fun of like Stacey's makeup, for instance. Like, there's others. Uh, I saw one woman like do a Stacey sketch, and she like had this makeup that was like a super exaggerated version of Stacey's makeup. I'm like, oh, this is just like mean, man. And this is a woman who, like, you know a month ago was not a public figure. You know what I mean? Yes, she asked to be a public figure by being on the show. Like, at this point, if you get on the show, you know what you're getting into. So, like, uh, they're not blameless in this, but, like, um, you know, they're just human beings. They're not, like, quadrillionaires, you know? They're not, like, um, you know, NBA stars or anything like that. They're just normal people like you and me that went on a dating show. So, I'm just, like, I feel like the level of viciousness feels a little bit out of proportion with, like, The people's crimes In my opinion But
3: I um, have not seen All those TikToks Because I've only been watching Like I've been on the couch Watching the reality TV Um, Do you feel like they are Concentrated on any specific person Or do you think it's just Uh,
1: Everyone Well I mean There's only four contestants left So like everyone Oh but there's a lot
3: of anti-JP I do get I got a good whiff Of anti-JP Absolutely
1: absolutely, Which you Uh, know
3: I think that's okay I'll I'll plant my flag in that
1: Yeah no 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 argument with that one Anyway okay Uh, So Those are the exogenous factors uh, that we just wanted to mention before we talk about the episode.
4: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
1: uh what actually happened with these episodes and our overall thoughts joy let's start with what did you think of episodes eight and nine love is a battlefield and love on the rocks
3: i mean this pool party i i watched um the last set of episodes which kind of ended mid pool party
1: it wasn't a pool party it was like a birthday party or whatever the heck it was. It, yeah. There's no
3: birthday and it's a apartment pool. party. It's, it's a barbecue next yeah. to a pool. Okay, yeah. but fine. Yeah. This party that was near a pool but not in the pool. You
1: don't want it to be confused with a Mexico pool party or a Mexico that beach, was party. A beach party. Okay, yeah, sure.
3: The party <laughs>
1: <laughs> The
3: roof party? Can I call it the roof yeah, party? Yeah, sure, I guess. The yeah, party? I think it
1: was a roof Yeah, I think it was a rooftop deck, yeah.
3: The rooftop party where they have to like um just Label Renee and Carter Pod Squad. <laughs> it, it, it is the gift that keeps on giving. It actually was almost too much for me at the end. Like by the end of Christmas, you're like, oh, I can't, no more sweets. Like that's how the pool party felt to me. Because the first part of the pool party was the best trash reality TV. Just the absolute pinnacle of the mountain. People laying it out there, what they really think of each other. And only in one case did I think alcohol was really involved. Mm-hmm. It was, and that is Izzy confronting Johnny. In the second round of Pool Party, because like we open, and I really thought they had just probably kept another five minutes of pool party, you know, Mm -hmm. back for the cliffhanger and it would be Uche talking to Milton, but it turns out this pool party just won't end. There's a whole nother round of like Stacy and Izzy yelling at Johnny and then Chris coming over. There is um, Uche like dissociating and like going on his phone while, because after he tells Miriam like that he doesn't know where she lives or what she does for a living. And she, you know, rightfully yells at him he just goes and pretends to be on his phone suddenly like swiping through apps um i I actually uh i was almost concerned like are they are they contractually obligated to be there for a certain number of hours like i don't understand how this quote-unquote party is still going um because it does not seem like anyone is having a good time Mm -hmm. um but that said the pool party content like if we're going to have a totally trash season in which we don't particularly root for anybody um because i I think this is i have a favorite this season but even that favorite comes with a big asterisk i think this is the everyone's a villain season
1: yeah yeah i mean so if we're gonna have that
3: then the party and
1: izzy have some like decent qualities qualities but there is other than them there's like no one to root for really and even them is is very questionable whether you should root for them. So, yes, you're saying, uh, you know, if we're going to go, if we're going to be in the gutter, we might as well have some good gutter content. That is right. right. Yeah, that is right. It really just reinforced how much I don't like any of these people, like the whole the whole episode and all that stuff. But the most interesting part came at the end when Izzy and Stacy go home. And Izzy's like, yeah, I'm so turned on right now by like, you know, you laying into Johnny, and and Stacy gets offended that he says that, you know.
3: I actually thought this was another example of Stacy being a grown ass woman. I think a younger woman would be like, oh, great, or not younger, a more yeah. insecure woman would yeah. be like, oh, he likes me, right? And she's like, don't, don't just dislike her, right? And think like, I'm why, less shitty. Why than that. is
1: that? You know, why is that the thing that? turns you on the most or like gets you most excited, like that doesn't that's concerning. Yeah if that that's the yeah. case, you know. And I thought that was is that was that when like Izzy cried at that point? I think it was and which I thought was like
3: I feel like there were actually a few times that Izzy cried.
1: And and, and I actually salute the show for showing that um because Izzy comes off as like a very uh masculine dude, I think. You know? Sure. Like and, and so the the idea that like um you're sh- like showing his kind of more tender, sensitive side. You know, um, people can take that a bunch of different ways, but whatever, however you interpret it, it's rare to see that stuff on TV. And I actually
3: think Izzy is a pretty good role model for how to talk about your feelings. Like he identifies his feelings and then he names them relatively fast. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, of course, there's some like gendered stereotype expectations about cis men, you know, um, yeah. not being super fast off the mark on that or sometimes ever getting off the mark. <laughs> and so I do think and Stacy says, like, that's the thing about him. I like he has this sort of like hard exterior and he seems like a certain way. But then he actually has this very soft like side of him as well. Um, and uh, I thought it was a is he seemed pretty drunk throughout this mm-hmm. party. I thought it was probably a hard time to bring up, I think you don't do enough for me, you know, at like two in the morning after like you've yelled at your ex twice. Um, But uh, overall, I thought it was like a reasonable, it was the kind of discussion couples have where they're like not communicating yet about what things mean to them symbolically. Right. Um, but I think Izzy also seems to have figured out really quickly. Stacy's very into symbolic gestures. Like if I do these symbolic gestures, she's in an amazing mood. And if I don't do them, then she, like that—that that is her love language. So okay, fine.
1: It does feel like there is a misalignment of money, like, life, they have money, <laughs> money, and lifestyle, and ex, you know, expectations there. Like, yeah, I agree. Stacy's like, I the 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 vibe I get off Stacy is. Quoting like kind of paraphrasing what I think Stacy's thoughts are, I'm too rich to do a bunch of this housewife shit, you know, is kind of the vibe I get from her. Is like I don't you know, um I expect to have meals prepared for me. Doesn't need to oh, be, you know.
0: I,
3: she cooks and she cleans. She talks about that.
1: She said it with great bitterness. When she talked, she mentioned it. She's like, I cook, I cook. You know, like, why isn't he doing any shit? And like, but I, I she, she, can... she comes off as somebody who expects that stuff to be taken care of. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying like, I don't those are think, expectations.
3: My guess is Stacy doesn't even need it to be like 70% somebody else doing it, 30% herself. I think she just kind of goes at life pretty hard. And yes, probably has some amount of entitlement from family money. Yeah. And like, just wants someone who really brings it all the time in yes. terms of like what they contribute. I, I do think it's going to be trouble for them. A first class ticket is way, way, way more expensive than an economy ticket. And she expects everything to be 50-50. So I don't think the issue is can they agree in principle to be 50-50, but can she let go of like the really expensive choices she has in order to like make it something he can afford to pay 50% of?
1: Well, regardless of... The specifics like the point is there's a misalignment between stacy and izzy in terms of the like the quality of lifestyle and izzy's kind of putting in some patches by like doing some grand gestures and he thinks like flying in a military jet for a one-hour thing is the same as a private jet but like <laughs> uh he you you know that is going to create a lot of tension, and we see that it creates a lot of tension uh when apparently, like, she finds out about his credit score, which he did not reveal to her prior to this.
3: Okay, so um I think Izzy, I've given him a lot of credit for being more emotionally self-aware and available than a lot of men. And... He does go like six rounds with her about like, well, I didn't lie to you because if I was lying to you, then I wouldn't have told you this last night, you know, two days before we're supposed to get married. But I think he basically lied by omission or he misled her when she said, is there anything I should be worried about? I think a bad credit score is repairable, um, but... It's the kind of thing that you know would be a red flag to somebody like Stacy, who would find it very concerning.
1: Also pretty interesting that Johnny knew about it and Stacy didn't, you know? Uh,
3: yeah. And uh, <laughs> Johnny announced it for
1: the whole yeah, pod here. But, she, but Stacey wasn't Stacey there that day, I guess. Yeah,
3: didn't pick didn't, up on did, it.
1: Didn't clock that one. Yeah. Uh, money is one of the biggest sources of tension in many marriages and relationships, Uh, And it just feels like these two are not set up for success. I
3: I would say I'm pretty concerned if Izzy doesn't have a real job. But it's possible that he does have a real job and it just sounds to me like uh, he hasn't really got a job exactly. Like he's just started this job and... It's a sales job. So most sales jobs are in commission, you know, and he says something to Stacy's dad, like, you know, and you get out of it what you put into it, which is like a classic sales thing to say. And I think Izzy yeah. would actually have a great personality for sales. But um, I'm a little concerned that the floor might be pretty low.
1: First of all, uh, I I just looked, I, I was trying to look up, like, what is Izzy doing now? We could see him on LinkedIn, right? Uh, when I Google the words Izzy Love, because I'm about to type in Izzy Love is Blind, uh, here are the first autocompletes. Okay, so I type in Izzy Love. The first result is Izzy Love is Blind. Izzy Love is Blind debt. Izzy Love is Blind credit card. Izzy Love is Blind job. Oh.
2: <laughs>
1: so those are the first five autocompletes. This poor
3: guy. I mean, like, and you know, he even said the amount was only Mm
1: -hmm, mm $3,500.
3: And I know that if you go to collections over $1, it's going to just trash your credit score for a really long time. My guess is it's a little not. I think if you miss it, like one payment, I don't think it's going to be like 10 years or anything, but like it, it it can be meaningful for a while. I know this sadly from experience. (laughs) because I once failed to pay my student loans because I had moved and then, like, the mail followed me. But anyway, I missed one payment, but it was, like, for two different... Like, the government had split it. Anyway, suffice it to say, it was incredibly embarrassing because I actually made... Really good money at the time, but then my credit score right. looked like <laughs> trash. Basically, for three you don't. Years. You
1: don't. You don't need to be poor to have a bad credit score. You can be. You can be extremely wealthy and just clumsy and have a bad credit score.
3: But, yeah, or yeah. me. Not extremely wealthy, but but clumsy. Yeah. Definitely. I was working a lot. I was very busy, yeah. and so um, I feel like um, you know I, I can see where this could happen, especially if you're young. But I suspect there's also. It's got to be a little bit more ongoing because it does clear after, in my case, that was two different debts, right? Mm -hmm. And that cleared after three years. So I would assume if it's just one credit card, it would be less time than that. I don't really know. Right.
1: Like you're you're questioning why would this still even be a factor at all if – Everything's fine now, right?
3: Yeah. So I, I, um, I suspect there is a little bit more of a story there.
1: Well, according to Distractify, Izzy now works as an insurance agent for Globe Life Liberty National Division, an agency with a passion for life and supplemental health insurance products that provide coverage for hardworking Americans. Now, whether he is married to Stacy and whether that is a good enough job for her, who knows? But I'm putting all of my money on no. Uh, that, wow. You know,
3: so you think they're not going to get married next no. week?
1: No. And I think she will say no. So.
3: And you think she's going to be the issue? Uh,
1: or he is the issue and she's saying no, yes. You know, I <laughs> however do, you want to frame it. <laughs> I do
3: really feel for Izzy when he says things like, I think I'm not good enough, for, or I think you think I'm not good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally understand why he feels that way. Like, what it is that's making him feel that way in the way that she reacts to his situation.
1: Well, she has not. Done very much that we can see on screen to meet him halfway, right? And that she's basically said, like, I like my thing, you know, I like nice things, and um, that's not going to change, you know, like, and uh, and also the guy needs to pay for the meals, and also we need to go 50-50. you know, like she could have done a lot to like soften that if she really if it really was, if love really was blind to financial matters, uh, but she shows she chose not to do that.
3: I have a little hope because. Her, He has integrated himself into her family. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his family can figure out that insurance agents, there's a, you know, it's not like being an investment banker where there's literally no ceiling on what you can make. There, there's a ceiling. And like, um, I think they can tell, you know, apparently her family and his family get along. So there's, at this point in the show, like, I, I have to believe that whatever class differences exist have to some extent surfaced and are okay. Yeah. Um, so
1: you 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 think they're going to make it then?
3: I I don't know if I think they're going to make it, and I think the issue is not that Izzy isn't financially stable enough. I think it might be that Stacy's a little inflexible. That's what I, mean, yeah, that's yeah, that's what same, I just said. Yeah. But that's the same thing that led her to yell at Johnny, right? Like, um, I I feel that. Uh, you know, and I, I've said I identify a lot with Stacy. I I hope I am not as inflexible as Stacy. She can get a little bit like worked up if she thinks like things just need to be a certain way. Um, and so I know you've never seen that behavior from me.
1: Never. <laughs> I, I have never seen anything like that. <laughs> anyway. Um. Uh,
3: but I think that you know the ugly flip side of that comes out. In her conversations with Johnny, you know, yeah. is it but but I think in the ways they've resolved their differences that we've seen on screen, I think it could be a learning experience yeah. for her there's so. and
1: there's there seems to be like a solid foundation, so they're not completely hopeless but i would I would say
3: I'll take the other side of the bet let me yeah, put it that yeah, way.
1: yeah, uh, it's it, let me put it this way if they didn't uh, if they made it, uh, it wouldn't be a huge shock. I'll put it that way, you know, maybe I was a little too strong in my r- original assessment
3: I hope they do make it. I hope they make it not just, like, to the fake, stupid, you know, end of this show, but, like, that they actually make it as a healthy couple. That would be delightful. Because she has talked about how she had given up on meeting someone. And Stacey's, like, really attractive and has a lot going on. For somebody like her to just give up on dating or finding someone, like, I think it also speaks a little bit about her.
1: It's difficult you know, it it can be difficult for a woman of that status and income to find someone. Well, you know, also,
3: that's, her, she's in her thirties, and it's Houston, not Seattle.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's a little more conservative. You know, like yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, those are our thoughts on Stacy and Izzy.
3: On to the farce that is Lydia and Milton.
1: <laughs> First of all, Milton's family uh, are like the most responsible people I've seen on Love Is Blind um and i fully support them and they must be protected at all costs <laughs> i mean uh first of all they they basically treated meeting lydia like it was a business interview and people were like that's so ridiculous and i'm like no this is good <laughs> this is what this situation needs some sense talked into these people okay
3: but the extent to which they literally <laughs> dressed like they were at the office. <laughs> And then the food, you know, the food didn't seem like a a bountiful sharing of joy and, you know, cultural Mm -hmm. expression. It felt like, okay, these are the microwaved leftovers and we're all going to sit at this kitchen island together while wearing quasi formal wear.
1: It it is just incredible that, like, the people who are, like, willing to put up with the least BS that we've encountered on this show ran into the greatest BS artist of all in Lydia on this show.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so you think. (laughs) Listen, I know that the Lydia fan club is down to one one member and it's Justin. <laughs> it's I'm just I'm not I'm not, jo- I'm not joining him. I'm I'm still not in the Lydia <laughs> fan club. But you think she's the greatest BS artist in the history of the show?
1: Well, as evidenced by these episodes okay, in which she had
3: to- you, you give give me your version.
1: Well, she had to like explain why she really loved Milton and you know, like, why this is a great pairing for her. And I'm just like, this is just complete bullshit. Like, you know, here's the thing. I'm not even sure that she does or does not believe it. You know, like, maybe she actually has... Del- it's, maybe it's not BS. Maybe it's, but if it's not BS, it's delusion.
3: Well, Do you know, my favorite thing is, <laughs> after she just talked about how he will, like, get up from breakfast having left his plate on the couch... Like, the the towels on the floor don't send me the way that leaving a plate on the couch with the presumption that you will be the person to pick yeah. it up sends me. Um, and then she says, you know, in that kind of little side conversation she has with Milton's mom and sister, he treats me like a queen. And I'm like, what is your definition <laughs> of how a queen gets treated because it seems in fact that he has total indifference to your domestic needs, which I don't even think he's doing it because he expects Lydia to be a maid. I think he just doesn't care. He's just a 24 year old bro who just lives like that. Doesn't think it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. You know, I I wouldn't say I'm a clean uh, person necessarily, but, um, I will say I don't think I've ever, like, devolved to that point. I I would never, like, leave food on the couch for, like, an extended period of time. That would really bother me, you know? Um, No, one
3: of the reasons I'm with you is although our styles of housekeeping differ... (laughs) Um, you are extremely responsible around the house. In fact, you are in many ways more responsible than Indeed. I am. Um, but there are ways in which, hey, I, I
1: also pull I, my weight. I, I've, se- but I've seen what the apartment of a like a twenty-four-year-old man, not Milton, but like of a twenty-four-year-old man who doesn't care about those things is like, and it, it can be a horrifying place. You know. I, I, now, having seen Milton's apartment in the show, like it seems relatively well, he, clean. He,
3: cl- he cleaned it for the cameras.
1: But yeah, I mean. Nothing about either of these people indicates to me that this is, that A, they're ready for this, and B, that this pairing is the right one.
3: I can't even believe they're attracted to each other, to be honest. Like, <laughs> neither of them seems like the person the other one would go for. Yeah.
1: Maybe they're, like, off screen, they're having a conversation, like, let's just get to the wedding and get, like, 500,000 Instagram followers, and then, like, you know, we never need to talk to each
3: other. So you think again. she's staging it when she's crying in the Rocks Museum?
1: No, that's That, that was is- sad. So many incredible things about that scene. First of all, the, this Asian waiter who had, like, Anton Chigurh's haircut, like, coming in and serving them, you know... At the most awkward times. <laughs> At the most awkward times.
3: But then they can't cut him out because it's, like, in the middle it's of a important sentences. Yeah, exactly, dialogue. Right.
1: <laughs> and then, um, and of course, like, Lydia's, like, baring her soul and then Milton just continuing to shove forkful after forkful of food in his mouth. It is... And Milton, by the way, looking... Shabbily dressed, I must say. I, I am Getting not one. I am not yeah. one to like judge, but like if you're gonna take your f- fiance out for like a nice meal in a rock museum, you wear at least a button down shirt, my man. You know, like uh, I, 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 I am not one to judge people's sartorial choices, but like that was, you know, it showed his lack of seriousness, in my opinion. So I
3: think that Milton is not serious about any of this. In fact it's a plus and a minus in my eyes um it's a plus when he is standing at the pool party and this whole uche lydia situation has really gotten to actual yelling like i would not be surprised if there is a slap you know like it's bad and then um lydia's like are you going to go defend me and i'm like oh my god is she asking her man to fight another man physically because he said <laughs> yeah. these things about her in the past like That is not um, (laughs) like I know people do that, but like I'm really struggling to comprehend what you're thinking in that moment is going to get accomplished. If Milton goes and like, you know, hits Uche and Milton takes it in the totally opposite direction. He's like, yeah, we're like, you know, three different, you know, axes, X, (laughs) Y and Z and we're all parallel to each other. And none of this matters. And like he's so zen about it. Um, and I didn't 1000% follow the math cause I thought X, Y, and Z were orthogonal, not parallel, but whatever, you know, like I get his point, which is like, truly all of this is very minor in the grand scheme of things. And I think he's a person who intellectualizes his feelings a lot. And so that's his path to like not getting worked up about it. And Lydia is a person who every feeling is just at the surface. Like it's, it's all ready to burst at any moment. It feels like so, um, I, my my respect for Milton went up, that he was able to somehow, like, provide some calming to two people who were very, very uncalm. And then, at least to enough to escape the situation. Uh, my respect for him goes down when I think it's pretty clear from meeting his family that... They are barely tolerating being dragged into this reality <laughs> TV show. His sister's like, this is fake. I think his sister knows him better than anyone. And yeah. I think she's right. Um, and the only person who doesn't seem to be aware of it is Lydia. And Lydia is spinning just this, oh, I just love him so much. I feel so great when I'm with him. He is really the one. And I, I, I didn't know I could want it this bad. And it's just like, it's, it's, feeling, it's feeling bad. It's feeling exploitative specifically of her.
1: Yeah, I, I've brought this quote up before, but uh, you know, in Seinfeld, there was a, 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 J- Jerry Seinfeld. There's an episode where he wanted George Costanza to help him beat a lie detector test, and you know, George Costanza gives him all these tips, and then but then the last thing he says is, "And remember, Jerry, it's not a lie if you believe it."
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's a lot of her <laughs> and, talking. And I'm like, into yeah, that.
1: is Lydia? That, that's how I feel. But maybe she's not lying, but maybe maybe she actually believes it, but it's not true. Do you know, um, so that's that's kind of my take on that. And as for the Milton thing, I mean, they're they have this conversation where it's like, hey, maybe, um, I don't want to pop off at the first sign of aggression from another male. And, um, he's and, tried
3: to say it a couple times,
1: right? And maybe, uh, maybe what if I have, uh, what if that's not how I want my kids to be raised? And it's like, a keep going down this path is bearing fruit, b that is the tip tippity tip tip tippity tip of the iceberg, my man. Like, that is the... You are seeing when the Titanic crashes into the thing, the iceberg is actually 900% larger than what you actually see in the surface. And you are just accessing a tiny bit of the vast quantity of differences you will have if you guys have a life together.
3: I think Lydia is a
1: terrible listener.
3: And I think it's because she is busy trying to put out into the world what it is she thinks right Mm -hmm. but he says twice i don't have the privilege Mm. to react Mm. and he is a black man he's a big black man he's skinny but he's tall and like he is absolutely right that he does not have the privilege to look like a threat and she does not hear it at all or yeah. clock, like, why that would be a danger for him, yeah. or a danger for his children, or maybe why this whole family has been raised to be so logical, mild-mannered, and yeah. collected. Yeah. And so it just really upsets me that her current level of maturity, at least at the moment that the this, you know, s- season was filmed, which I guess was about concurrent with Seattle, so a couple years ago, is... I'm spicy, I'm loud, I'm a possibly Latina stereotype, I really don't like the casting on her because she really leans into things that could be viewed as stereotypical, that I I I have big feelings, that y- this is me. And, like, no one's saying that can't be you, you know, but you could also listen to who is Milton. Like, that doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's room for a second person. And so... You know, she's got a lot of very defensive behaviors, but I hope she can work on them. You know, like if he says, I don't like being in an argument, she'll say, you think I do? Which is just a conversation under. That's not what he was saying.
1: Do you think they're going to make it? No. <laughs> Who's going to say no at the altar?
3: Her whole, his whole family's going to stand up in unison. <laughs> scream no.
1: Yeah. Well, at the end of the day... This is one of the worst seasons of the show that we've sure. seen. Sure. <laughs> I think This you, is
3: worse than the Chicago train wreck season.
1: It, it's It is because at least that was more interesting. <laughs> you know? Um You had like Shane. That was like a that was a wild card, you know, character.
3: <laughs> Literally.
1: <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like there was like, what is gonna happen with this guy? Like. Um <laughs> This is just, like, mostly uninteresting people. Almost very no-
3: few of them. <laughs>
1: very few of them. Almost no one to root for. All
3: the weddings can fit into the one episode yeah. next week. And
1: at least one lawsuit, possibly more, depending on how, you know, things play out. So. I-, I
3: will say it was almost worth it just to get that pool party slash roof party, but not quite. That's where I am on it.
1: All right. Well, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. And check us out on TikTok. TikTok.com slash at decodingreality. And also email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Again, we are going to be uh, getting you our thoughts on the finale sometime in the next week. Maybe it's going to be the finale and the reunion. Because the reunion's on Sunday. So, like, you know, maybe we'll just do them both. We'll see. Um,
3: There's something kind of suspenseless about this set of two weddings as a finale. Yeah. Like, I wanted... I felt emotionally invested that I wanted to see Tiffany and Brett get married last season. hmm Like I wanted the emotional payoff of just knowing oh, that yeah, they yeah, are yeah. okay. Yeah, that was great. You know? That was great. And yeah. I I was curious to see where some of the others would go. I'm not sure I was like as emotionally invested in whether Paul and Micah would make it. Right. Um, right. but like I actually really have since come around on Zack and Bliss, you know.
1: Right. And um Kwame and Chelsea, like, still together to this day, you know?
3: We haven't even talked about <laughs> the fact that we have found there, out. There
1: was a local spotting of them at our, at our local Costco. The Costco you were The Costco we to. went to, Kwame and Chelsea were spotted at. And uh, thanks to uh, Chris from the uh, Slack film uh, cast. Long time uh, friend long-time of listener. your pods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, we, we breathe the same air as... Kwame and Chelsea and Brett and Tiffany and so on and so forth. You okay, know?
3: well, Brett and Tiffany are. I think Portland. they're in Portland. Yeah, but. But.
1: <laughs> As Micah and that other guy. <laughs>
3: if Brett and Tiffany were at my Costco, I would crash my car getting yeah. there.
1: Wow. Okay. Anyway, yes, it's weirdly suspenseless, and like therefore the reunion is like, what is this going to be? It, 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 I, I I do worry that the reunion is going to be just this ridiculous spectacle of nothingness. Do you know what I mean? I don't know.
3: This has been a very... Odd season with lots of like plot twists within the show and plot twists to the side of the show. So I think in the reunion we're going to get Johnny, we're going to get Chris, we're going to get Uche saying how he's gone to anger management and like learn to respect women. LOL. Uh, Maybe we'll get okay. So you're you're
1: you're, you're looking up. You're you're looking more forward to the reunion than the final episode. It sounds like well,
3: because the final episode is only going to be four people. Yeah, some of whom were like, "Come on, let's get this over with." And like, you know, I think the the really full cast. I don't even know how they're going to explain the lack of Renee and Carter, and I'm sure they're not going to allude to the lawsuit. Oh, oh we
1: didn't even uh, talk about the fact that uh, Renee shows up to the dress fitting. Brutal. Clearly to pick out her own dress. Clearly, yes. Renee has her own friend, like her friends and family are with her. She's wearing white. She's wearing white. And I, I just... I wish I could be in the editing room as they're trying to cut Renee out of the show and they're trying to find all And by the way Carter they did a good job with Carter. You you basically do not see Carter There's at all. There's
3: a couple times you
2: like get a glimpse. You, you of see his like his shoulder or
1: the back head. of his head yeah, or whatever yeah. but like but the um uh with the Renee stuff it's like they probably looked at all the footage and they're like we can't cut around this. We can't eliminate Renee from the footage because it just is it doesn't work because the way the cameras were placed that day and they're shooting in 4K and they're like if we crop in it's going to be low resolution you know like and they couldn't do it and so it just is really fucking weird you
3: Netflix know Netflix should get a refund I'm not even <laughs> kidding they need to punish this company
1: okay well thanks to everyone who listens to the show Both of you are really helping to keep us going with this podcast. Until next time, goodbye.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk?